0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are coming to you on a th- Thursday instead of a Friday because the Patriots are playing tonight, Thursday night. Alex Barth from CLNS Media on talking some uh, some Patriots. We do have some interesting conversations with him. A few hot takes thrown in there. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fun conversation, and so you don't want to miss it. So buckle up and cue the music.
1: Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. It. Wilson, quick throw, and it's gone. Intercepted. Intercepted the
0: All right, Spags. We're back. It's a short week and a Thursday night football game, and you'll be there. And I feel like I feel like every single Thursday night home game, it's raining at every single one of
1: them. Yeah, it wasn't great last year versus the Colts, if I can remember. Um, the year yeah. before, who did they play? The year before, was it?
0: They played the Jets. Well, they played the Jets like two years in a row, and it yep. poured both times.
1: Yeah, they raised they the banner
0: against the Steelers, and when it was pouring yeah. out, it's just like it's crazy.
1: Yeah, so, so I'll be. Uh, it just I'll seems, be in like, your seats. seems like it is every I year. Be, I will be yeah, in your you seats, soaked, absolutely soaked. But hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm pumped. I can't wait to go. Uh, it's been a while, so uh, get a little fan fan aspect to it uh, this week. I'll get to see a lot yeah. more. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Appreciate it.
0: Of course, man. It's fun, I, and that's one of those things where, like, I always say. You know we have the season tickets, obviously, and I always like to, you know, when we when we sell those tickets, we always do who will enjoy it and who you know appreciates how you know how much fun it is, and you know you never want to be like oh you know uh, I'm dragging my kid to the game or whatever, and I'm selling that person the ticket, and they're like you know the kid kind of doesn't want. It. It's always like you know someone that really is excited about it, and that's that's what I'm excited about. It's like I'm almost as excited for you to go as I am to go myself. So I'm Let's I'm go. pretty I'm pretty pumped about it.
1: Oh, I can't wait, so, man. But, let hey, let's get into a little bit begin. before we get into Barth. Quick quick little conversation. Yeah. Once again, it feels like we're doing this every week. Promise, listeners, once we get a good football team to play, we will break <laughs> them down, X's and O's, and see what kind of matchups to look for. But it's not even worth it with these guys, especially with Evan Engram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Wayne Gallman, everybody out. But I'm interested to see uh, – I guess we could touch upon it a little bit. I'm interested to see Daniel Jones because I think uh, – He's pretty good. I, I I'm a, I'm am I'm a quarterback guy. I like watching good quarterbacks, and um you know although his his last two games haven't been great. And Bill Belichick's what five and seventeen career versus rookie quarterbacks. I think they're zero and twelve at Foxborough. I could be just mm-hmm. rambling here, but the the record's not great. Uh, he has no right. chance tonight. Absolutely no chance.
0: Um, no, I don't see how I don't see how Daniel Jones beats him. And look, I think for him, you know, he went from a laughing stock when they drafted him. Like this is the worst pick ever to, you know, he looks like one of the better rookie quarterbacks. And, you know, he's looked a hell of a lot better than Kyle Murray. Now, you could say his team's a hell of a lot better than Kyle Murray, but is it? I don't know. I mean, like, I know he has Saquon, but Saquon's been out the last two weeks. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess the team's better, but I don't know if it actually is better. I mean, yes, the offensive line in Arizona is terrible, but so is the offensive line in, in, in New Jersey. So, It's not as if, like you know, as if it's night and day. And he's looked pretty darn good. And so, you know, I think that everyone kind of jumped the gun on that. I think that that's a cool storyline, regardless of of, you know of how he ends up being uh, overall. But I think it's I think it's a fun it's a fun little aspect, fun little storyline to it. Um, Yeah, and and so we'll see. And look, I mean, he's a rookie quarterback on a Thursday night against the Patriots. First time he's playing Belichick. He just. I mean, he's got, he's got almost no chance at winning the game. And, but, you know, but it is going to be fun to watch him out there still. And, uh, you know, for Patriots fans, I mean, it's going to probably be even more fun just because of that, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and I think too, we talked about a little bit with Alex, I think the the weather will obviously, um, it might be a slow start for both teams and we might see a little bit of what we did last week from, from, from a first half perspective. And then obviously the Patriots, just their experience factor will kick in they'll while you're down. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to see. I think, um, you know, it, it'll be cool. And I always think too, like for Dan Jones is uh, my age. I believe I think he's 22 or 23, uh, around my age. Like I can't even imagine him on Thursday Night Football prime time. You get to you get to play against Tom Brady like that alone is just from putting it into a player perspective real quick. Like that that's got to be so cool. I mean, you grew up and this guy, you know, was. He's, he's every like, especially in New England. He's my childhood. Like I've been alive for 22 years. Tom Brady's been the quarterback for starting for 19 years. Like he's my right. childhood. And and Daniel Jones has obviously been a big football fan his whole life. He saw Tom Brady his whole life. Like that. That's got to be so cool from that aspect. And obviously Mahomes did it in the AFC Championship game and, and almost beat him if maybe if he got a chance to touch the ball. Um, but it, it, just putting <laughs> it in that perspective is is crazy. I know I'm rambling here, but just putting I it like in, she's like. Oh, he got a little
0: shot there, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't scoring anyways.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, it is. It's it's gonna be exciting for him for sure. Um, I think you, you know, sometimes tend to get lost in the moment. I think that happened to Sean McVay, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl, where where he got kind of lost in the moment going against Belichick. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily gonna happen to him. Uh, one thing I am excited to see, and I I, I think I think it's interesting that the Patriots did it intentionally because typically when the giants play, the Patriots he, uh Manning is usually there. Now he may not be there this game, um, but Tom Brady is very close to passing Peyton Manning in the all time passing yards. And
1: Eli uh, will be leader. holding a clipboard across the side. And Eli will be
0: holding it. a clipboard watching while Brady passes him. And that's just, just a little poetic, uh, just a little poetic there, and I think it's not a coincidence that Brady came out super early last week. You know, it's one thing, I and mean, he came out early the week before, yes, but to me, it was the Jets, and it was almost like a, the, they were laughing in the Jets' face, like "You suck," and this is how much you suck. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna put someone else in. But to me, I thought they did it with the with with the Redskins specifically because of that that they were saving or trying to save uh, trying to save that that uh, that record until Manning if they could. And and they and they did. And so, you know, that should be that should be fun to watch too. But I mean it's look, you know, we can sit here and diagnose it and talk about, you know, the Patriots defense against the offense and all this other stuff. And I don't, honestly, I don't even know who the Giants are starting running back. I I have no idea. I, I don't know. Who the hell is their third string running back? I have no idea. So like I, I just I don't know. I don't care to know. It doesn't matter to me. He's not fantasy relevant, so it doesn't matter that in that in that perspective. And you know, and, and so it's not gonna make a difference. So I just look at it and say, okay, I don't know. They're gonna try out some bum out there at running back. Who the hell is their backup tight end? I mean, the last backup tight end I remember I remember it was Kevin Boss, and that was seven years ago. So who the hell knows? Like it just it doesn't matter. It just it makes no difference. They're gonna get absolutely shellacked by the Patriots. And I know Alex said it and you just said it too, and you'll hear Alex say it in a little while, but you know, it could be a little bit of a slower start because if it's because it's raining or whatever. The elements don't typically affect the Patriots the same way they do other teams. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots actually came out pretty strong, especially since they've been playing so badly, especially in the first half lately. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they came out a little strong in this game and, and just, you know, just brought the friggin' woodshed on the Giants and Giants just quit at halftime and then that's it, you know?
1: Hey Amen, Pat. I mean, what— it's, it like I said, and I love beating up on the Giants just because of what happened in the Super Bowl, and um, yeah. it'll be bittersweet when Brady breaks the record tomorrow. And like you said, Eli's holding the clipboard across the uh, across the sideline, <laughs> kind of just a little, you know. You you got me in the Super Bowl, and that ultimately what matters. But like, hey, I'm gonna stick. St- I'm gonna push your buttons a little bit here. So, um, right,
0: right, exactly. Yeah. So, but anyways, but that's that's all we got here. Uh, Spags is gonna enjoy game obviously and I believe uh that Mark is actually uh instant reaction show for you on Friday. So we kind of moved a few shows around um and we will have that same instant reaction show for you on Friday. We'll have a radio rewind on Saturday. I don't know to be honest with you. Um I know I won't have a show on Sunday because my sister's getting married on Saturday, so I'm gonna be awfully busy this weekend. Um but I don't know if we're gonna have a show on Sunday to be honest with you. So We may not have anything, but, um, but either way, we appreciate you, uh, you coming along and, uh, we're going to get into Alex Barth. We're going to do that right after this though. All right. We're going to welcome onto the show, a reporter from CLNS media, Alex Barth. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Thanks for having me guys.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, obviously Patriots playing the giants, uh, well, I guess tonight, and um, well, when you at least when you're listening to this tonight, we're not recording Thursday morning, but but, you know, Thursday night and they basically have no one on offense. Uh, You know, Ingram is out. Gallman is out. Saquon is out. Stone Shepard is out. I don't know what the heck they're going to do. They are gonna be throwing the little giants out there to play against the Patriots uh, on Thursday night. It's it, is it going to be a bloodbath like like we expect it's going to be?
2: It could be. You know, the rain's going to kind of be a bit of an equalizer. It's supposed to be pretty extreme conditions, nor'easter. The Patriots are probably going to sit some guys, too. We already know Philip Dorsett's sitting. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rex Burkhead get another game off. We see Patrick Chung get another game off. So that'll equalize it. I think it's going to be sort of like last week. We all thought it was going to be a blowout. It's probably closer than we wanted to start. Ultimately, we approached blowout territory. It kind of turned into a blowout in the end there. I think you could see something similar. What's tricky about it right now, kind of like I said before, is the Patriots are just dealing with health issues and keeping guys fresh and giving guys games off that it, it's not the full-strength Patriots. If it was the full-strength Patriots, you're looking at a 40, 50-point game. But they're they're going to be, with the rain especially now, they're going to be very careful about how they use people tomorrow,
0: tonight. Yeah. Aaron. Wow. Yes. I agree 100%. I mean, they're definitely going to be careful about what they're doing. Um, even at not at full strength, this defense – has been just otherworldly. And I know, you know, the argument, of course, that they haven't played anyone offensively. And I guess that argument's going to remain the same after this week. But what they've been able to do is just so ridiculous. I mean, the amount of sacks they've piled up is just is, is mind-blowing. And, you know, to have 24 sacks after five games, you just like, what is going on? They have interceptions. You know, the uh, I think they have uh, more than double the amount of interceptions that of the second-place team. In the NFL, it's, it's really been unbelievable what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, we're assuming it keeps up. But I, my question really is, do you think it'll keep up all year long?
2: I mean, not like this. You, you mentioned the strength of the opponents. That doesn't help. But they're going to be an elite defense all year. They're going to be, if not the top unit in the league, a top three unit in the league. They're the best secondary in the NFL. And I don't really think it's close. They might have no. the best linebacker group in the NFL when you really get into the depth of it, too. It's not just – that's the thing about this defense. It's not just that they're top-heavy, and this is where it really hinges on things continuing. A lot of times you get units like this, you say, oh, they could be so good, and then one or two guys get hurt and it all falls apart. They have so much depth on that defensive side of the ball. It's not just the top-end talent. The guys, you know, 6 through 20 on the defense are just as impressive as guys 1 through 5. So I absolutely think they have it in them to keep it up. Will they end up the number one defense in football? You know, the schedule gets a little tougher. And if they have this thing locked up by the first week in December, maybe they'll lay a couple games and those numbers come down a bit. But, no, this is, this is a legitimate defense. I know some people are saying don't put them in with the 2000 Ravens or don't put them in with the 0-2 Box or the 2014 Seahawks. No, that's fair. They absolutely belong in that conversation, I think. They absolutely do.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the 2014 Seahawks, uh number 72 Michael Bennett has seen his snap count um obviously drop as we as we approach each week and and that just speaks volumes to this depth. I mean, look at Chase Winovich. Uh he's got four sacks. You know, I'm not I'm not too sure the exact number of snaps he's playing, but he's not an every down player. I think if you look around the league, he's probably playing 90%, 80 to 90% of snaps on Pretty much, maybe eighty-five to ninety percent of defenses around the league, and he—he's having it like the they, Belichick touched upon it this week. They just name name another defense in the league that's rotating twenty guys in and out. It's—it's it's absolutely insane. Right. You lose one guy. I mean, obviously, Gilmore is your X factor. Hightower and Collins—they're your X factors. If you do lose them along the way, that's still a big loss but not many teams have the ability to be able to at least put a bandaid on those and be able to survive versus a lot of this league. Cause look around the league. I mean, if you look around the league with the quarterback situations, I mean, ooh, it, it's, it's, it's so bad. And I know they're going to eventually have to beat one down the stretch and in January and February, but I mean, the, the depth of this defense is going to, it's going to put up unbelievable numbers versus a lot of the teams they play all year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's gonna. I think we're going to see a lot more of what we've seen looking down the road. They have Baltimore, which some people think that that's a good offensive team. I, for one, do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas could be an interesting one. Cleveland, although they look impotent at times, they do have some offensive firepower, and that's going to be their Super Bowl coming into Gillette, a prime time game. They're going to have to show up for that one. So you're going to get some offensive tests here in the next couple of weeks before the bye. But, yeah, the schedule certainly helps, but I'm not going to – Sit here and tell you the schedule is the reason they're the number one defense in football they're not yeah there are other teams who have played schedules that are you know i wouldn't say easier but just as easy and they're not the number one defense in football
1: right so yeah and it, and the other it, thing it, is john i'm it, i'm looking forward to the the dallas game just because i mean obviously they face Le'Veon bell but he's not Le'Veon bell in front of that line and and obviously luke falk uh, but to face Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, that's going to be in New England. Awesome atmosphere. Obviously, you get Mahomes in early December. That'll be an awesome game. I'm really, but the one I'm really focused on, and obviously the Kansas City is huge, I really can't wait for this Philly game. I think that's a real test for this defense. It's going to be on the road. You know that environment. Um, obviously, Wentz, you know, and, and they're they're starting to get a little bit healthy with Deshaun Jackson. Um, Getting, getting a little more healthy, and Alshon, Jeffrey, like I mentioned, Nelson Aguilar, they got some they got some weapons on offense that can give a little bit of, um, and, you know, obviously I don't want to look too, too far down the road, but as far as some games coming up, that's the one I'm kind of circling because I think that'll be a real interesting one for this defense.
2: I'll tell you overall the one I'm looking for. It's not too much about the defense, but I can't wait for the rematch against the Bills. I think hmm. right now through five weeks, and I'm not talking about talent on the roster. I'm just talking about what I've seen through five weeks. The Buffalo Bills are the second best team in the AFC. I, they the they screamed to me, me Alex.
1: They screamed to me Jacksonville in
2: 2017, though. And that's they got and a I decent don't, I don't, I don't quarterback. Who, yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't. But through five weeks, who has looked better to you? Who has impressed you more? The Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs? Okay. The Bills' lone losses to the Patriots, the best team in football. The Chiefs lost in prime time at home to a backup quarterback. Back, I mean, kind of backup. You know what I mean by that. And I love Jacoby, and I think he's very good. But right. that's not a game Patrick Mahomes should be losing. The Colts were missing their two best defensive players. Darius Leonard didn't play in that game. Malik Hooker did not play in that game. Outside of that, the schedules, the the Bills had a slightly easier schedule, but the Chiefs almost lost to the Lions. Who I know they're putting up some good numbers, but I don't think are a very good team. Uh, the Bills, as of today, and this can change, but as as of today, as of the beginning of Week Six, the Bills are the second best team in the AFC, based on what we've seen.
0: I think it's I think it's crazy.
2: <laughs> it's like yeah. I just and look. Imagine, I un- imagine
0: I understand. having this
1: conversation like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, even well, season. No, no, oh, right.
0: Be- and I understand. I understand what you're saying, Alex. Like I, I get. What you're saying, like they have been impressive defensively, especially. I just that Kansas City team is defense is so bad, but like there's there's no chance that the Bills I just have no faith in Josh Allen, so I just don't believe that the Bills can even keep pace with the with you know with the Chiefs to score the points that they need to score against them. I just don't I don't see that happening. But I understand where you're going.
1: Yeah, that comes back to my point with Jacksonville though, because if you remember that divisional round would right. you ever have thought Blake Bortles would have went into Pittsburgh when they had the the Killer Bees and obviously they're, you know, the Chiefs are a much better team I think overall than than Pittsburgh was that year but uh, we've seen crazier things happen that's why I was thinking yesterday just wa- watching thinking about this Bills team I'm like they scream they got Blake Bortles obviously I think Josh Allen's a little bit better than him but a game managing quarterback that can make plays when he needs to he's got a decent coach and a decent uh, team
2: around him that just relies heavily on that defense so let me ask you, let me ask you this. Buff, let's say Buffalo is going into Kansas City this week. Who would you take? Off yeah. a loss, I'd
1: take Kansas City. I really would. But I, I think it'd be a much better game. And, and like I said, just, just the circumstances, I don't think Patrick Mahomes will uh, repeat that. But he also is pretty banged up. Also, that ankle didn't look too and that, good. And,
2: that's not going to get better. you got to remember that. That's right. not going to get better until he has time off. So either the Chiefs are going to have to sit him for some time, or that ankle's not going to get time to heal. And I don't know which is is the scarier proposition if you're the Chiefs, especially now that you have this loss. But Mahomes' ankle isn't just magically healing overnight. He's either going to need time off, or he's going to have to get used to playing on it. And the way he plays, an injured ankle is going to drastically change what he can and can't do on the field.
0: And
1: well, I think, keep, too, they, they you got to yeah. keep him in the pocket, right? This guy is so good, and it's yep. crazy to think. When he when he's a uh, has the ability to get outside, and make plays on the run, like we've seen him throw 70, 70 yard bombs on the run, like a shortstop deep in the hole and and drop it right on right on Travis Kelsey or right at Tyreek Hill. That's the way you got to stop Patrick Mahomes. And like you said, that ankle's not getting better. You know how an ankle can affect, especially a mobile quarterback like him who likes to get outside. If you can keep him in the pocket, he, he mentioned it in his post game that that the uh, Colts did a lot what what the Patriots did in the AFC championship game, contain him, make him make throws, collapse the pocket on him. I, I, I don't see it. I mean, obviously he's so talented. His arm talent's unbelievable, but if you can do that to him, you can limit him at least.
2: Right. Against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, the key is you don't want to try to sack him. Like, right. You shouldn't be trying to sack Patrick Mahomes unless you know you have him because if you overextend and he breaks contain, that's when he makes all the magic happen. And the 100%. Patriots are so good at that. Of knowing games where okay, we're not gonna to try to sack this guy, we just want to keep him in the pocket or we just wanna push him off to his spot. They're they're so good at, at finding that. And I know that's a whole analytics battle. Do sacks really matter, or quarterback pressures more worthy than sacks, do quarterback pressure's not mean anything at all. But I mean just to get just to get back to the crux of the point, as long as Mahomes is hurt and Tyreek Hill is hurt, that's clearly a very beatable cheese
0: team. Right. Well and that and, and I agree with you on that. I mean, if Mahomes goes down you know, for any stretch of time, I, I mean, I have zero faith in that team even winning any games. I don't even know who their backup and quarterback it's is. But Chad
2: Henny, so you're, you know, anything can happen when Chad Henny's your
0: quarterback. Right. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, it's like, come on, Chad Henny blows, and their defense isn't good enough to carry them, you know, for even one game. So, so uh, I just a, I look at that the worst
2: and say. In the league. That's one of the worst defenses right. in the league. That defense may not be good enough to carry them with Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill fully healthy.
0: Well, which is which is funny to me, where like, and I know this is, and actually, it's going to lead into a little discussion uh, that I want to have about the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots, but with that defensive side of the ball, when you when you had guys like Jalen Ramsey and Micah Fitzpatrick available to trade for, I was shocked that the that the Chiefs weren't all in on that because for me, I look at that and say, well, yeah, like you're you're a few you know talented players on defense away from being the best team in the AFC and maybe even in the league. But your defense is so bad that when you play the Patriots, you're not going to be able to stop them. You're going to have to beat them 43-40 to 40 because you have no choice. And now where the Patriots defense is playing so well, if that doesn't happen, if you can't put up 45 points against the Patriots, you're going to lose because they will absolutely murder that defense. And I was shocked. They didn't try to make some sort of move to bring in some elite defender. It just—it seems crazy to me. And they lost D Ford and didn't really replace him with anyone. So it was just like your defense got even worse than it was last year, and it was pretty damn bad last year. No, I agree with you. And on top of that, you have to
2: remember they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes forty million dollars a year soon. That's coming. Yeah. They're also going to have to pay Tyreek Hill soon that's on the way. They they just, just paid Patrick him. At that. He Eric- just signed
1: an extension in the, uh, on the offseason, but he got, did, he that's got right. paid. He paid Hill, sorry. Yeah.
2: You're right. They just paid Hill, but they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes. They,
1: and they paid him, too. They paid Hill. They gave him
2: the money he, he deserved and got. Right. so. And, and then they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes at least $40 million a year. So at a certain point, once you do that, you're going to start losing all these other pieces. You're going to start losing your offensive line. You're going to start losing these running backs. What happens with Travis Kelsey when his contract's up they definitely can't pay anybody on the defense. So then winning is contingent on them hitting on draft picks, which outside yep. of Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, the Chiefs cannot do. So you look at it, this <laughs> is the Chiefs' window this year and maybe next year. That's their championship window. Because after that, Patrick Mahomes is going to cost too much for you to actually build a contender. And that's just right. doing business with the NFL and all these idiot quarterbacks asking for the world, and then they can't have any help around them, and they wonder why suddenly the team's not competitive. But, you know, like you were saying with the Chiefs, why don't you go out and get that elite defender, especially a guy like Jalen Ramsey, who's on a short-term affordable deal. This is your window. Once you pay Patrick Mahomes, your chances of winning the Super Bowl drop. They drop right. hard. They drop fast. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to set up to win right now. And I think, they're, I think they might be in denial about it. I think they may think, all right, once we pay Patrick Holmes and we lock him up, we can put this whole team around him. That's not how it works anymore. That's not how it works with these super contracts these quarterbacks get. You have to have everything else in place before you pay the quarterback because once you pay the quarterback, you, there's no more bringing players in. It's only players leaving, and that's what we're going to see with the Chiefs soon.
0: Right. No, and it's it's a great conversation, and it's a great point. I think uh, it it actually leads us well – back into the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots. And I think, you know, um, I I wouldn't even say receiving depth. I would just say pass-catching depth is obviously an issue. Ben Watson clearly was ready to come back, and instead of bringing him back and activating him, they actually cut him, um, obviously, earlier in the week. So, you know, that was a little bit of a surprise for people. And my first thought was, well, if they're going to cut him, that means that they must have some sort of deal in the works or they must be thinking about I think that it makes a lot of sense for them to make a deal. And like you said, I mean, you know, about the Chiefs, like the Patriots have a two, three-year window, and that's it. And, you know, maybe uh, uh, maybe Stidham will be the guy. Maybe someone else will be the guy. But Brady's only going to be around for the next few years. And so you really only have a few more years left of real championship contention. And you don't want to lose out on that because you weren't willing to give up a fifth-round pick for Emmanuel Sanders. It's just like, you know, what are we doing? You know, and so – um, so I'm, I'm just curious about, you know, if you think there's any guys that they should, that they should target or any guys that you think might be out there. And again, that could be wide receiver. It could also be tight end. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's a tight end that, that is going to, is going to come available and they think, and they think it help out on the team. I'm not sure.
2: Well, so first off, are we totally sure that they cut Ben Watson because they felt like they didn't need him? What, what, what do we know about Ben Watson in 2019? The guy's 38 years old. He's coming off of yeah. a retirement. He's coming off of a suspension. He's coming off of a concussion. Those are some major hurdles there. What if, what if he wasn't as good as Matt LaCosse or Ryan Izzo? Yeah, what and I, mean, I like LaCosse. First, I, I
1: really do, and I think he can bring something to you. We haven't seen him fully healthy. I think he's, you know, maybe not from a run. He's a decent blocker, but I think as a pass catcher, in that offense with the guys they have around him, He's okay. I mean, Rob Gronkowski's not walking through that door.
2: He's fine. Yeah. Right. But but my my point being, everybody wants to make them cutting Watson into this thing where, oh, there's another guy on the way. What if Watson just wasn't good enough to make the team? This was essentially him making the team or not. He was not going to get cut out of training camp. They had the four weeks to keep him without the roster spot. That was going to happen. Right. Right. He wasn't going to cut out of camp no matter how he looked. What if it was him not making the team? And they just held on him for these four weeks in case a bunch of injuries pop up. And right. they sort of have. But Izzo's been out there. Lacoste is getting better. I'm not convinced them letting go of Ben Watson is some part of some master plan where they bring in Stephon Diggs or A.J. Green or something. I just think, man, I love Ben Watson, but he's 38 years old. I just wonder if he can make the team, straight up. That That's my take on that. In terms of guys they can bring in, Emmanuel Sanders is an interesting one. And uh, if if you can really get him for a fifth round pick, that seems too good to be true. I know that report. I think he makes cool.
1: the most sense from his skill set and his ability. I think he'd fit well in this offense. And like you said, I think it so, it just makes the most sense because they can do a lot. uh, you know, maybe give a little bit of a higher yeah. pick and have Denver give a little bit of more money on his way out. So it, you know, I think they can make here's, it work with him. He's the most here, sense.
2: Here's, here's thing about that for me, and you can do that with any team. You can give him a higher pick, have him take more money. Yeah. Sanders does kick their offense very well, but Philip Dorsett, now he's hurt maybe this changes, but Philip Dorsett's been good in that role. Even Jacoby Myers can play that role. Where the Patriots' offense has really struggled to me is the red zone. I'd like to see them go out and get – I want to see them get a guy who fits a role that they don't have right now. Emmanuel Sanders, they have guys who can play that role. Sanders might be able to play it better, but they have guys who can play that role. I want to see them go out and get a 6'5", six, jump ball, wide receiver, tight end, somebody who's going to make a difference in the red zone. So I'm looking at a guy like A.J. Green. That's the guy I'd like to see them bring in. I don't know how realistic it is, but I'd like to see them. I I know they have some size, but they don't really use their big guys like that. They're not throwing jump balls to Josh Gordon. They're not really running those red zone fades to Josh Gordon. A.J. Green, you can do that with. So that's See my problem with
1: Green is he hasn't played at to to his ability. He had one game in December where he had one catch for seven yards. Then his last game I believe was October twenty second of last year where he caught like nine passes. It was his you know him playing to the best of his ability. He's coming off an ankle surgery at thirty one. He's got to come in, learn a new offense like the Patriots. I know they might you know dumb it down for him, and he's a smart football player he might you know be able to pick it up faster than others would, but. I, I feel like for the cost of him, is, is is that too much of a risk for them to, to, to really take well, that he hasn't really played football in a year.
2: You just told me why he has no value and now you're asking me about the cost. If you can get Emmanuel Sanders like Emmanuel Sanders to me is worth more than AJ Green right now. If you can get Emmanuel Sanders for a fifth, you should be able to get AJ Green for a sixth or a seventh. And I mean, I,
1: I'd do it for a six, but I feel like just with the name of and, and the way, you know, Cincinnati wants to rebuild, I don't I don't know. It, would, would you you look, Cincinnati, maybe a, maybe a fourth. Around Green, they're idiots. No, right. obviously then, not. They're, they're looking to get rid of him. And I think Eifert from Cincinnati, which is the next no, point, maybe, nope, you No, nope, because I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to play two great
2: games. And he's going to shatter his leg. He's
0: yep. going to get hurt. Shatter yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's yep.
1: Tyler Eifert. Any fantasy owner I, would know from the last couple of years. Well, <laughs> right. they, no, the, I, the two I, of like them.
2: Green. The learning the offense thing is a concern, but uh, like I said, I really just want to see them get get somebody who helped them in the red zone. I think it's this Aham point, Green. Mm, I I still think Green. I think at this point, given his size, he can essentially be a a hybrid wide receiver tight end. You can use him in some of the ways you use Rob Gronkowski. You don't need him to be a guy who's playing 65, 70% of the snaps. You can look at him to play 25% of your offensive snaps, mostly in the red zone, down on the goal line. That's where I would do it. Now, overall, would I make a move? No, I wouldn't. As far as I know, and they would obviously know more than me, but as far as I know, Nikhil Harry's scheduled to come back right after the bye. Yeah. And I he can be that guy. He absolutely can be that guy. If you trade for somebody, then you bring in Nikhil Harry, then you you have to start cutting guys you don't want to cut, and you're stunting Harry's growth and all that. I don't make a move on the Patriots. The only thing I might go out and get, honestly, is a running back. I may I, I floated this the other day kind of as a joke, and then I went back and looked at it, and I didn't. Totally hate the idea. Offer the Redskins a seventh round for Peterson and and, and see if that does something. Because their running backs are banged up. That's a young group. They could use some experience. They could use a guy who's durable, and they could use a guy who can run between the tackles. And you know Peterson's going to be motivated if he comes here. That is – I'm not basing that on anything, on any reports, on anything I've heard. I'm just saying with, with Burkhead banged up and they seem determined to not play Damian Harris, Another running back wouldn't be a bad idea. And I think you could get a guy with a lot of experience in Peterson for next to nothing, and you see if you can get one last drop out of him. That was just a, a fun idea I had the other day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good point about, about Peterson. I think it makes sense uh, if you can get him for, for nothing. I mean, I don't know if he can really bring anything. I don't understand why they're not playing Harris, but, um, you know, who the heck knows. But just to no, go back okay. to, the, to the receiving. the receiving. tell
2: you why they're not playing go Harris. Go ahead. They don't play rookie running backs are on first-round picks. They don't. No rookie running back has played 16 games on the Patriots who's not a first round pick. James White had 15 touches his rookie year. Shane Marine had I think 12. Right. They don't play rookie running backs. Nothing against Harris, it's just what Belichick does.
0: Right. I wonder too if it has something to do with the pass blocking too. I, I don't know, but um, but just to go back to the wide receivers just quickly, um, you know, Green for me uh, is a no. I I just think I uh, to quote Ivan Fears when he was talking about Patrick Pass. That boy is as soft as puppy poo. He just he's gonna get hurt all the time. He just it's not to me, I it's not worth it. I I just don't and maybe Nikhil Harry's like that because he's already been hurt a few times too. But you know, at least I, I think you have to give Nikhil Harry a shot. He's a first round pick. And you look at what the Lions did with Gaudy last year, where it was like trial by fire almost, where you're just gonna go out there and we're gonna and we're gonna throw the ball to you. And it's not gonna be pretty every time, but we're gonna work that chemistry in. So eventually you're gonna be the number one receiver. I don't know if Brady's gonna push that much on him but I do think that it makes sense for them to to try to get him to contribute you look at what Malcolm Mitchell did in 2016 I mean it's definitely possible that a, a rookie wide receiver can come back in after being hurt you know in the preseason and make some uh and make a difference you know in the season and and even in the Super Bowl so obviously different different players but I think you're right I mean if they if they are depending on the Harry and they feel like he's enough Then that's okay. Um, I just uh, I'm nervous about Dorsett being uh, relied upon as a number three receiver, where he's getting like legitimate QB two coverage, corner two. You get you get what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean you've you know you've seen Dorsett. What happens when he gets an uptick in snaps? It's he's not the same. He we saw a little bit in Buffalo, right? I mean he got a lot a lot of looks because they were banged up. Edelman was obviously coming off. The rib injury didn't get much, didn't get as many looks as you know he normally would. And Dorset really did nothing. I think he obviously came into that game, um, really catching the last, what was it, like thirty-five targets in a row? And, you know, drop dropped that one versus the Jets. We all know he caught, and then he went like had like two catches on nine targets versus the Bills. So we know what happens when they give him a high roll. He's a perfect three, four complimentary guy to Edelman Gordon. I think that that's his perfect role.
0: I mean, you don't want him uh, facing any high level competition. You just don't. And so, so anyways, look, they'll be fine. Uh, defensively. They're so good. Offensively. They're great. Um, uh, I'm sorry. De- offensively. They're going to be fine. Defensively. They're fantastic. And so, you know, that'll play out over time. Um, you know, and I, I we don't have anything, anything to worry about this week for sure. So one thing we did want to bring it up before we let you go, Alex, um, yeah. was, uh, Nick Wright was on here. Oh, not on here. But on, uh, on you don't ESPN. You on here. you kidding me? Get that guy out of here. That one,
2: I, I, I won't come back as a guest
0: if you guys have Nick Wright. <laughs> so he was on ESPN talking about how, uh, you know, Jacoby and Jimmy G and Brady, you know, obviously were all on the same team and now they're all starting quarterbacks in 2019 and Brady's playing the worst out of any of them, which is just such a stupid take. But nevertheless, put put aside the stupidity of Nick Wright for a second. Let's say... That you're starting a team, a starting a franchise from scratch right now, today. And I told you you were like a middle of the road, possibly in the playoffs, but not necessarily in the playoffs. And you had to choose one of the three quarterbacks and give them whatever contract. Well, I don't know, I don't know about whatever contract you wanna do, but but a reasonable contract, which of the three quarterbacks are you taking and why? So is, it, is it just
2: for the year to add to my team, or am I starting a team from scratch for like you know, looking at the next twenty years?
0: Well, it's up to you. So you're starting a team from scratch, but you can do it where you can you can just well, say, well, all said, right, with Brady and not.
2: Uh... You said I'm adding a quarterback to a middle of the road, maybe playoff team. If that's the case, I need to make the playoffs this year. I'm taking Brady because he's the best of the three. But if I'm starting a team and I can pick one of those three quarterbacks, and I need to get this team over the next 20 years, making them competitive for the next 20 years, I'm taking Jacoby Brissett. Because Brady's going to make them very competitive for two to three years, but then you don't have him anymore. And one, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay on the field. I don't know that he's right. necessarily going to play this, this more games than Brady over the next 20 years.
0: I really don't.
2: And Jacoby Brissett, everything we hear out of the he's just an incredible leader, an incredible captain, an incredible presence. And I think that's big. I think that's a huge reason that he's succeeding there. You go back to the win over the Chiefs and you just look at how calm and collected he was that whole time, that whole game, just methodical everything. You could tell he picked a lot of that up from Tom. So if I I mean if I have to win one game, if I have to put together a team for one season, obviously I'm taking Brady. Brady's the best of the three and it's not even close. But if I had to start a team and, and you know, I need a long term quarterback, I'm taking Jacoby over Jimmy, which I guess is the 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 hot take here. But Again, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo can stay on the field. I don't. Even when he does, I don't know that he's that much better than Jacoby Brissett. I really don't. Yeah. I'm not a big Garoppolo guy. I've never been a big Garoppolo guy. I give. give I agree big, with big, you, Jacoby. Alex.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I would go with Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, if you know, it depends who my backup is. If I have a good young... You know, star in the making. You know, a good, good enough quarterback to lead a team and lead an offense and make throws. I'll go with Brady for two, three years to to serve as a mentor, kind of like Jacoby was. You know, just soak everything in, be a sponge around him. But I agree. I think J- Jimmy Garoppolo is getting so much credit for this Niners start when they are just absolutely pounding the ball down there. You know, down their opponent's throats. You know, he hasn't been. I mean, he's made the throws he's had to. He's been you know, kind of a game manager for him so far this year. I I haven't been overly impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo and I've been way more impressed with Jacoby Brissett for the reasons you mentioned. He's a great leader. He's improved mightily ever since he's been in the league. I mean, there's not a lot of, I, I don't care how bad the chiefs defense is. In that atmosphere, in that stadium, you know how right. hard it is to win, especially primetime. He went in there and just – it was like a piece of cake for him. I think that guy's just calm, cool, collective, like you said. Got a great personality to him but knows its business, leads by example. I, I agree with you. I'm going with Jacoby Brissett. I really am. And I'm a Garoppolo guy. I, re, I am. I, I think he's great and he you know, he was fantastic for a little bit of time. But I, like you said, I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy enough in this league for the, for the style he plays.
0: I, I like the arguments, and I like you guys, but you're nuts. You have to go Brady. You have to go Brady. I don't care if you're starting a team and it's an 0-16 team. You have to take Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. And not only that, but think about the money you're going to make just Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom freaking Brady, for God's sakes. And so well, you where, figure out the quarterback position say, on, as you go.
2: Where did I say it wasn't taking Brady? Like, <laughs> I'm talking 20 year outlook here. I, I obviously, Brady's the right.
0: best. The yeah. Three. No, no, I know, uh, but I'm, I, I'm saying I don't even care. 20 years, 50 years, I don't care. Like, even if I only have Brady for two more years and Brissett's going to give me 10, I, I'm still taking Brady simply on the fact that it's Tom Brady and I can figure it out. And yes, if my quarterback play dips afterwards, which it's obviously going to, then it does, but I, I think I have a better chance of finding another another uh, Jacoby Brissett in the draft. Although I like him, but I uh, you know I like him a lot, as a matter of fact. Um, but I do think that for me, it, it, it's Tom Brady all the way. And I know you said that, Alex. I, I'm just kind of giving you guys a hard time, but but to uh, me, you know, yeah, I, I start with Brady, and and even if it's a you know even if so it's like you're an idiot because you're going to go three and thirteen, I'm like I don't care. Tom Brady's on my team, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that, I think that about does it though. I mean, I think we're uh, we're pretty much done. We've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun, Alex. You threw out some hot takes tonight and I like that. I appreciate that. We always appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some good conversation.
2: Anytime you want to have me on guys.
0: It has been.
1: Alex, before we let you go, uh, we like to, we like to have our guests kind of, um, you know, plug themselves, let people know where they can find you, where they can find your work. Uh, You do a great job on social media, Twitter, uh, right. You know, you do a great job on the on CLNS, the video you and Evan do in Sierra. So plug yourself. Tell us where we can find your work.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Real Alex Barth, b a r t h, And on CLNSmedia.com, follow at Patriot CLNS as well. As where we'll aggregate all my stuff, Evan's stuff, all of
0: that. Very nice. Very nice. Yes, definitely do that. I have to give a, a shout out to Sierra. I don't know if I've done this on the air before. I did this when we had Lazar on. But uh, I, I got press passes once, one time, and I was the idiot who didn't bring a phone charger. And uh, and so a combination of one of the f- photographers from the globe and Sierra letting me use her computer, I was able to charge my phone up to like 15%. So it didn't die during <laughs> during the event. It was just, it was a disaster. But, you know, but it was really, really nice of her laptop. So quick shout out to Sierra for, uh, for helping me out. Appreciate that. There you go. All right, Alex. Well so, thank you right, so Greg. much
1: for coming on, man. And we'll uh we'll be in touch soon. I know you know we we always talk and uh hope hope to see you soon, brother, and, and all all the best. Sounds good, guys. Take all right. care. See ya.